0: listening to You Would Think, the Philadelphia Flyers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Collinson. Joining me today, Mr. Kevin Durso. How are you, buddy? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's our last show before the holidays. Uh, After this, we'll be taking a two-week break. We'll be returning on, what's that, January 8th?
1: Yeah, rough. I mean, and unless some unless anything significant happens, yes, that's the way we're going to we go. We are
0: we are putting an asterisk on that because we do have potential for an emergency show, and I think most people know kind of what we're talking about. There. Right.
1: Like, we're, and we've been and like here is the point to that. We've been preparing for that for a while at this point, so we're just going to kind of roll with that. If anything happens, we'll come back in here, whatever. But but since you mentioned that we're getting prepared for that, are you actually like are you ready for the holidays? Oh, absolutely not. Okay, I, absolutely not. Okay. See, there you go.
0: I mean. I'm I like have purchased half, one holiday gift for one. Okay, that's person. kind of
1: where I was going with it. So I'm I, like, in that's danger. why I was. My answer was going to be half and half. Like um, I've gotten everything that I need to get for other people, pretty much. Full blown
0: Ralph Wiggums. I'm in danger.
1: But but in terms of like all the other stuff, like am I ready to go out like on you know the the holiday weekend that's coming up? Not really. We're supposed to be potentially hosting people, not not next weekend, but on New Year's Eve. And okay. And I can't even think that far ahead because of, like, we still got all this other stuff to get through, so.
0: Thankfully, I don't have any holiday plans, and that coincides well with the fact we were chit-chatting a little bit right before the show about the fact that the high temperature here in Champaign, (laughs) Illinois on Saturday is uh, six degrees. Yeah. So um, we're not going to be going anywhere. I do have to work that day. Um, (laughs) But we have no plans that evening. I am going to come home and defrost.
1: (laughs) Pretty much. I mean, and... like it'll, we're getting a cold weekend next weekend too in in the Philly area, but ultimately, yeah,
0: we're getting that polar vortex cold. But we're
1: it's only going to last <laughs> for a couple of days, and it's not like at one point in time that there was a bigger like. There's a, it might snow, it might not. Like we're not really sure at this point. When like,
0: they show the graphic on the news of the polar vortex coming down, there's like the light blue, the slightly darker blue, and then like the super deep dark, dark blue middle, right? That's us. That's yeah, where we are in we're the middle
1: at. of the. Yeah, you're right in the middle of it.
0: Right. Uh, so, anyway, uh, speaking of cold, the Philadelphia <laughs> Flyers. Okay. <laughs> it's the kind only of. transition we got. This week, we actually did, do have a win to talk about, which I mean, I assume is not something we're going to have to talk about every week moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this week, we do, and it was completely off the back of Carter Hart. Uh, we will talk about that in just a moment, uh, in the meantime, but right before we get into our flyers talk, make sure to follow us on Twitter at YWT podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel, find us everywhere you find your podcast, Facebook, Instagram, you know the deal. Okay. So diving into it three, uh, four games this week. I'm sorry, because we did, uh, record last week before the Arizona game, Right. Um, Arizona presentation, kind of cool. Like it was I, interesting. We talked. Yeah. We talked about kind of it being our first game in the small building. Obviously, they've played a, about a dozen games there so far. Uh, the first time we watched and saw it through the lens of our team is coming in.
1: Sure, I mean, and, and I look, uh, and you, like, I'll be honest. I know you're going to be honest with this. How many Arizona Coyotes games are you flipping on, like, random? Probably I watched. Many.
0: I watched the first game where the building opened. Yep. Uh, I did that too, and then I watched a couple minutes of the Boston game the Friday before the Flyers played there. Uh, just because okay. I wanted to see how many jokes Jack Edwards would make about it. Uh, <laughs> the answer was three pregame. Okay, um, but I I enjoyed it. It was a good environment. It was half empty.
1: Right now, let's 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 make something clear. By the and by the way, we're gonna like because I have the whole thing with the road trip on here. Yeah, um, we're glossing over the Vegas game that we already covered last week. We know how that went. Um, that's fair in looking at the presentation of the game. And this this is strictly a presentation. I'm not in the details of the game itself yet. It's not like, like it's a college building. So it's not like they're not equipped to broadcast a game from there and make it look decent. Like, the college hockey games get broadcast all the time. There's a way to do it and set it up. It's not sure, like that was on an impossible ESPN case. seven, the, the, the bigger, well, sometimes, I mean, it, <laughs> depends, it depends on how big the, the network is that wants to get into it. Like if, if you're Penn state, for example, and you're part of the, you know, you can go on big 10 network and play what, well, you know, Penn state's in Michigan or something like that. Like you got something right. It,
0: it looked and felt like a college game in high def. Like I, very I, much so.
1: I mean, no, it, it very much did.
0: Right, and those college broadcasts are good, like you said, but it's still, there's something still feels a little bit almost grainy about it. The NHL has better cameras.
1: Well, and not only that, but like beyond that point of the way it looks on, like, because I, I was, I think I mentioned this in the group text a little bit. It has nothing to do with necessarily with the ability to broadcast a game and make it look decent. That's right. not what that all, whole thing is about. It's the fact that the building wasn't equipped to. Handle what goes into the behind the scenes of an NHL game, and I'm not talking about the behind the scenes television wise. Right, I'm talking about the well, like they, they, they literally didn't have had to change the room. visiting locker room. Right. right, they didn't have an opposing locker room for crying out loud. And they, they were getting changed at the that, KFC
0: across the street.
1: Yeah, practically,
0: it feels like it. I mean,
1: I mean, let's this way they they probably had a better visitors' locker room when they m- made like that makeshift. Hey, we're gonna play on Lake Tahoe. Than they do at that building. Like Probably. seriously, I, I when they sit there and they and they put it together and they go, hey, you know what? We're just gonna build a a, a rink in on you know a country club at Lake Tahoe. I've just tried to completely build block everything.
0: Out that trip because that trip was so atrocious. No, I know, but like, just, okay, no,
1: but if you're talking about from a quality standpoint, where you're sitting there no, looking absolutely. at a facility, I mean, it wasn't built for fans. Let's remember that too. Would have been cool if it was, but well, no, there was no fans at the time, right? For the Lake
0: oh. Tahoe games. Oh right, right, right. Okay.
1: So it wasn't that wasn't built for fans. So I mean, if it was, I'm curious how would how it all would have looked. But like nonetheless, like I, it I wish like they, they had together done, a cool setting.
0: I wish they had done more spectacle games in the the no fans era.
1: It would have been a cool idea. I mean, it right. definitely would have generated more. You know, you, you get more Mounds. eyeballs on
0: the screen for, for sure. Right. But. So, but anyway, one thing I did want to mention about the Arizona broadcast. So bec- because it's a little bit of a smaller building, you mm-hmm. don't have 17, 18, 19,000 people to worry about. The camera angle was so much more on top of the ice. I loved it. I loved it. That is what I. Oh, I want that angle in every building.
1: Do you want to know what that angle really is? Kind of in a way. Okay. And and, and I this I this is something I guess I didn't think about it this way. Kind of a zoomed in
0: version of the press box.
1: A little, and this is where I'm going with this. So when I was in college, and I would do something like a basketball game, for example, we would be set up at like a. They would put a folding table. The way our the, the gym was where I went to college, the, there was a track. Like an indoor running track around the top portion, like above the bleachers, above the floor.
0: Right. Like a little bit of a balcony.
1: Kind of. So we would go up there and that's where we would call the game from.
0: almost, Almost a catwalk vibe.
1: Kind of a little bit. I mean, you're not super high up and you're not like looking right. down over anything crazy, but it's like rickety, but it gave you a different <laughs> point of view, like, which is, and actually for basketball, that's a little weird because for most, like a lot of basketball broadcasts, you sit on the floor right at the scores, right? Table. You want
0: to be as close to the action as humanly you
1: know, actually, I liked it better from that vantage point because yeah. you can see more. On, I, I always like to see more unfold than try to strain your eyes I feel, like, eyes to figure where I feel like
0: you going. can see the X's and O's in basketball but, pretty you can watch the play unfold exactly but, like the coach but the way okay
1: up. so here's where I'm trying to go with this so we had a specific section at least for the radio station because we had a specific connection we needed and there was only one place they could put us so it made it a little interesting because we had one basket literally you know and I actually it kind of goes with the view I get from the press box okay there's like one net is right in front of you if anything happens, you have as clear cut of view as you can. And the other one, you have right. to look really far down, like to the opposite end to see. Right. It's I not s- terribly far. Like you can see everything, but it's not right in front of you.
0: I do remember so, from my one trip to the press box with you that your seats are pretty like you can see right down the goal line, basically. Yeah, it's, pretty much. It's pretty nice.
1: So we would be set up in one spot and then you would move over. And because we couldn't be aligned with center court when we were doing these basketball games, center court had had a camera set up that was okay. video streaming the game. And that doesn't change the viewpoint if we had moved down. And every now and then they actually had us kind of dub over that video. Okay. on Because that, that video streamed on the athletics site okay. for the school. We were doing it for the school radio station. Some t- most of the time they didn't have anybody calling on the athletics stream. They just had a video. And then every so often they would let us kind of pop on. And I think it's turned into something like that more and more over the years. But beside okay. the point, if we were doing that and we're sitting here like voicing over the video that they set up. Well, we're standing right there. right. So your viewpoint on camera is literally what I'm seeing.
0: You have to do so, that, right.
1: So I am, wouldn't be shocked if, like, the camera for that game was up where the broadcast booth is. Probably. And it's literally – because no, at a normal game, if you go to the Wells Fargo Center or you watch a game like last night from the Wells Fargo Center, the broadcast booth is on my level in the press box. And the camera that you're getting is, like, a level and Way a half lower. down because it's, yeah. it's basically the very bottom of the mezzanine level. So you're not getting the same vantage point per se. It's much lower. It's a little bit, you know, so it it, it like like you used it as a zoomed in version of the press box. That's it is it a little like. bit.
0: Yeah. But, but
1: what you're looking at really is it's not the zoom quality. Like it's not how zoomed in on the action. Is it it's the angle that the camera is tilted downward where it's like, are you more level to the ice or are you looking downward? Looking do you down know what, on it. Do you like, know what other place does this kind of? When okay. the Phillies play the Washington Nationals, okay. the camera that's going from behind home plate that looks out over everything is elevated way more. It's that's like weird. so it looks way further downward, and you can tell the difference. So it's Le- it's, leave it it's to enough the nationals like nationals
0: to do some weird stuff.
1: I think it's just the construction of the stadium, to be honest. Like Probably. it's nothing more than that. But but most of the time, you get that same kind of leveled off. It it's level with like. A certain point of like I don't I don't know exactly what it would be with, but it's level with something and instead this camera looks like it's one entire section like one entire level up and angled downward more. Like it it, it creates a different but it creates a different vibe. Like I, I see like I see what you're seeing because I that's the view I watch most games from right. here. So you know, I see that too. So it's it's a good point.
0: All right, let's talk about the actual game. Yeah,
1: let's talk about the actual game. I know. Uh, wild game, to be honest. I mean, a, like that was a like, pretty crazy back and forth there.
0: Quite frankly, it mm-hmm. was nice watching a hockey game of two teams on a roughly similar level because it felt like a fun competitive game. It did. It's a um, low level fun competitive game, but it's a fun competitive game. It
1: it it, it was just a, you know it, it's a wild it is a like a wild game in general, obviously, but like there was another you know like. Okay, so they like they give up the first goal and then they come back in the second period, they get two quick ones. They end up giving up two. They get the game tied at the end of the second period. Like it it was back and forth and to an extent like th- these are games right now and this is going to happen again this upcoming week. But these are games when cuz Arizona's behind them in the standings. Right. So these are the games that fans are kind of getting up for and and really want to see the losses.
0: <laughs> right, and that's the funny part. Is we're getting up, we're getting excited. But the correct result is a loss.
1: It, well, kind of. And, like, the point I'm making with that is, is that there's almost, you can almost sense the disappointment when, like, Owen Tippett's goal to tie the game at the end of the second period wasn't great. He just fired from a distance through a screen. Goalie doesn't see it, and it goes in. It's, it's one that sails over everybody. Right. And you just get the sense, like, ah, oh, great, like.
0: They're that kind get of going out of this. Oof. Well, n- not
1: really, to be honest, because as, as it was winding down, you, you started to think maybe they were just buzzing at the end of that when they pulled the goalie and all that stuff. They really just were. And so you knew that something was like, I, I was not shocked that they got the game tied at the end. You kind of thought, you know, because it's weird because when they pull the goalie, and we'll get into this later because it happened on a regular basis, Yeah. when they pull the goalie, it's kind of money on the other side, like, oh, this is going to, like, they'll, they'll get scored on, you know? Right. But you, when you're playing a team of Arizona's level, it's not necessarily money, I guess, you know, and it's, you know, they they were still bringing it at that time. You know, it, they, I mean, let's say this way. They pulled the goalie and got the game tied, and there were still over two minutes left. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like it was down. Like, this wasn't the game they played in Montreal a few quick. weeks back. You know, this wasn't the game they played in Montreal a few weeks back where it took, like, you're taking five shots on, or five shot attempts in the final minute, and all of them are either missing the net or maybe just barely going over or, or close save or whatever the case may be and finally with a second left you score a goal like this wasn't frantic to the end I mean they were playing like it and you got to give props to Arizona in the sense that you know Clayton Keller is their best player and he showed it like he had an incredible game and you know for the first time in a long time this was you know Carter Hart wasn't very good in this one no this was a rough game for Carter Hart and it was you know you know, getting the game tied, battling back from, they were down, like I said, one nothing, 3-2, 4-3. Yep. You know, that's all good, like, for moral victories and things like that. And for a team that's kind of starving for them, like, at some point in time, you need to feel
0: good about well, yourself. And I was going to mention that, is, is it would have been really easy to roll over and die after that Nick Ritchie goal. And the, the fact that they kind of started pushing back and they scored pretty mm-hmm. quick once that goalie got pulled... I think a lot of fans would have been happy if they had rolled over and died after the Nick Ritchie goal because you're you're handed two clean points to Arizona and that's good for you in the standings right. and et cetera, et cetera. But I think the locker room really needed that goal, really needed that point. I I don't know if the overtime hurts that though because they held it for you know the first what three minutes of that overtime.
1: It was it was the same overtime as against Vegas. They didn't play poorly in the overtime per se. It's one mistake and it goes the other way.
0: It's the same thing. It feels like every overtime game the Flyers have lost over the last two or three years has been the same. Either they get scored on right away, or they hold the puck for the first two and a half, three minutes. You know, get a good push, whatever it is. But the first time the opposing team touches the puck, the game ends.
1: Because it's been because it's become so established that the way to win in overtime is possession. Yes, you know, it's the key to the whole thing. So you get eventually, you get the point where it's like we can't give this thing up. You gotta eat like you'll go into the zone twelve times and circle back eleven before you make the attempt to score because you're trying to maintain because You're not giving it away that easily on, on 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 one of two occasions, one of which is shooting it wide and allowing the other team to come back on a rush. And the other is don't give it up to the goalie who can either get it back to his own teammate really quickly or who decides to cover up and now you're back to square one. Let's take a face off and hope we you know totally you 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 want this to be a quick sequence where it's like once the time is there quick passes in the net and it's over not give it up in any way shape or form
0: and i don't mind the circling around because that again that is part of overtime and possession is the name of the game you know the world cup is ongoing the world (laughs) cup final is currently ongoing and soccer has taught us that the name of the game is possession um
1: that's a whole different name of the game is possession though that's that's you know, for an, a, an, an hour or so of uh, <laughs> possession versus um, five minutes worth.
0: Right. So circling back out of the offensive zone to to regroup, maybe get a new line out there. I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with circling all the way back to your own face off circles and the other letting two of the other teams guys get off and get the change.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, there's just got to be a strategical way to do it as possible because you're right. If you're circling back and then trying to get a line change out of it. There's a very clear strategy to that as well, which is don't let them don't let, get a line change right, get them tired, and
0: because we've seen that win in overtime since they went to three on three. Like, mm-hmm. you, if you get well, the other team tired, they're either going to take a penalty or you're going to score.
1: There's actually two methods to the madness behind that too, because one is try to get them to make the line or you know to keep the line out there and, and get them tired. The other is in situations if you can get them to try to bite like you're going back far enough that they go oh let me try to squeeze that line change in you might catch them and get a two-on-one out of it if you can play it the
0: right way especially if they're dog tired like as soon as they commit to that bench you can you can catch them
1: right and that's so it it's very it's become even more you know it, it when it started it was very much that back and forth it was chaos on ice and now it has become a chess match Yep. And, you know, that is the way it is. There's pros and cons to it, but... Sure. But going back to, like, getting it tied up and all that stuff like that, like, yeah, like, because I mentioned it's good moral victories. The team is kind of starving for them. To me, that's exactly, like, that's where John Tortorella is living right now in the sense where it's like, listen, at some point in time, you can't just keep, you can't bury the same players the same, you know, all the time. Right. And we'll get into that way more later because, like, he's, like, obviously there's some players that are not on his good side, but but you can't bury the whole team every single night for the same mistakes or for losing all the time. Like, you you, you can tell that losing's, you know, and, and, and this is a natural thing. Losing's not fun. No. And you're a team that, like, we're going to get into the fact that they won a game this week, but the record is the record. And realistically, it's less than the record being the record. It's, I don't, you know, we, we've we never cared, and, and nobody does. I can tell, like, my colleagues don't either. We nev- we've never cared about, well, the Vegas game went to overtime, the Arizona game went to overtime. No, no, no. They ended up losing the game, and therefore, it this elevated itself to, I think that by by the time all was said and done, if I'm not mistaken, and I don't have it written down, so don't hold me to it, because I should have counted this out, but I changed <laughs> I changed my mind when they won another game this week because it kind of took away from it. At one point in time, they, I believe after the, it might've been after the Colorado game, they had lost 16 of 18. Okay. And so now that would be, they've lost 17 of 20. Yeah. So the point being, if you've lost 17 of 20 losing gets old quick. And, and yep. when you're, and the thing about this is, is that they're not like, I've looked at, I've looked at this. Oh, I've looked this over multiple times, to be honest. How many times do you look at a game and there's been multiple of these in the last couple of weeks specifically by the way. How many times do you look at a game and look at the final score and maybe you make a judgment off of the final score cuz there's there's a four sure. like a 4-1 and you know there's a 4-1 thrown in the Ranger game which we'll get to was 6-3 you know that kind of stuff. How many times do you look at a game like that though and then eventually go back and revisit it and actually look deeper than the final score and go They were still in the game, though. Right. Like how many of those games are empty netters and things like that where it's like you're one chance away from tying a game? Yeah. That's what that's what also gets old is forget the hey, they just lose. It's they're competitive and they lose. You know, they're in these games where they're out there with the with an empty net with two minutes to go trying to find a way to tie a game up and thinking they can get on the right side of it.
0: So are we talking about the Colorado game now?
1: We're kind of shifting. We're in between a little bit. Like the Colorado game didn't go like that at all. My, but my point is, is that find me a game in the last almost month, really. I mean, like to me, there's two games in the last several that weren't competitive at some point. Tampa, the Tampa game where they lost four to one. They were down four nothing, and the Pittsburgh off. game and the Pittsburgh game on Black Friday where they were down four nothing and lost four one. Yep. Like those are the only two I've got. Everything else, like they've got a, they've got a. Four to one loss to Washington, where Ovechkin oh, were two empty, two empty, net empty netters quotles. in the last minute. It half. was two to one with two minutes left. Yep, they lost to they lost to the Islanders five to two. That was the tenth in a row, and that, that didn't involve any empty netters. But the game was two two after two periods. Right, you're right there. You're in a game. The Calgary Not. game five two loss, but it was three two with two empty netters. Yep, you know, even, yeah, you're, even you're the in your game games, even the game against Boston look Boston outplayed them and we all knew that but that game was still 2 to 1 in the th- third period with 10 minutes left yep. you're right there in that game with a team that had you know had, hadn't lost on home ice all year at that time and you know all that type of stuff like you're right there hanging with them and you're doing your your best but you're hanging in there like right.
0: and that does go to show you just how tight the competition is at the NHL level like the best team in the NHL and the worst team in the NHL are sure. still having competitive hockey games. Right? right. And that does go to show you, by the way, how far ahead of the Philadelphia or how far ahead of the Arizona coyotes, the flyers are, because there are some nights where the coyotes just do not play competitive hockey. It's it, your, I hear you same with Chicago, honestly, well, and okay, that's only going Chicago- to get worse after they trade Patrick Kane.
1: Well, Chicago's a different story because Chicago, you really can see it. Arizona is much closer to them than everybody really like Arizona actually probably by the, like when we look at the overall body of work at the end of the year, Arizona is going to be the better team.
0: I don't disagree with that.
1: They are down. They are down by three points in the standings on the flyers with three games in hand. And the goal differential is better.
0: Right. Well, that is a good thing for the flyers. Um, I think that is a situation where the flyers injury situation has benefited them. Oh,
1: sure. So to speak. but, But to your point, the Flyers just lost, to, and I'm not trying to jump over a bunch of games. We are going to get yeah. to the Colorado game, but the Flyers just lost to the New York Rangers, who two weeks ago lost to the Chicago Blackhawks. Like, it happens. There are certain nights where one of these teams at the bottom, like, by the way... The, the Rangers, Rangers actually, also hit a
0: pretty rough stretch there for Oh, path, they did, but so, that's what I'm saying. Uh, the
1: best teams can hit the rough patch, and the worst teams can hit a spot where they catch a team in a bad on a bad
0: night. Absolutely. Like, like, Any given Sunday.
1: Like, have you picked up on the fact that the Anaheim Ducks have won a few games in a row now they Like have? all of a sudden to kind of like, let's do this way. They're not the team. that's going to be at the bottom anymore. Right. For They're now. not for now. They've, they've no, they've put, I think they've honest, like the way that Chicago you think they've
0: looked, like turned it
1: around. I, no, I don't think they'll finish last is my okay. point. Like I'm not sitting here yeah. saying they turned it around where they won't be in the lottery. Chicago,
0: Chicago is embarrassing.
1: Right. But Chicago is doing what we all knew they were going to do. Like I don't I, like none of us had Anaheim here at the beginning of the year. No, not with not with the young skill that they have, but, and John Gibson. Right, but but this is what I'm saying. So now you're going to see how it shifts over to like eventually. Anaheim was going to like like look what happened with Ottawa too. Ottawa was in 31st or 30th a couple weeks ago. Now they're up to 23rd. Like yeah. Sometimes a team just needs to get it rolling a little bit where you knew something was going to like, you knew they had better talent than what they were showing. Like we all do that with Ottawa. No, but like there's teams at the bottom. Like I'm not disagreeing with you on Arizona. There's teams at the bottom where you're like, that's where we figured they would be. But eventually there's also teams that start to put together a few wins and you go, okay, like, listen, it's not that far of a climb up to certain spots where it's like, you'll get there. Like, it just is yeah, what it is. Like it's
0: nine points to the bottom, but it's only six points to Anaheim. Well, that's yeah, what I'm well, saying. It, we'll we'll happened, do our bottom feeder segment later in the show. That happened quick,
1: right? Yep. Like it, it, it happened really quick. All right, so um, Colorado game. Yes. Um, much first of all, much more of the. Uh, I, I, well, first of all, I found out. That I found that the whole game was kind of ugly. Yeah. Um, a decent start, but you really saw the real Avalanche kind of start to come out here. Um, to keep in mind. Still no land like Cog is very long term. I know that I'm not trying to make it seem like oh there was a shot he could come back, but no Cog. McKinnon's injury is roughly four week kind of deal. Like it was yep. something about it, like about a month I think was what I saw. Um, and obviously he got hurt in the previous game as far as you know. The one thing that was kind of I don't want to say surprising, but like that w- was kind of rumbling around as the first game ended when they were in Philly. Are you that there would be some a response. Yeah, a little because of the fact that it was so like it was very clearly off of something where there was contact made. Like it wasn't like McKinnon just tweets something. and then Right. Left it like, was somebody
0: hit him and Lawton. then. Right.
1: Lawton okay, hit him along Lawton. the boards okay. and he kind of got like, he kind of got twisted along like the half wall where the, uh, well,
0: um, I think, where the I th- benches are. And this was also pretty shortly after that little Islanders home and home where there was mm-hmm. some physical contact in the first game. And there was a little bit of a receipt in the second game. So I, I think it was just kind of on the brain.
1: Um yeah but they really, like that's my point there wasn't well, really near as much of a response actually More so
0: than thinking like anything from the Avalanche suggesting they were going to you know antagonize right. anything but nobody th- said anything post game like you know no, no, no. like intended to hurt him or anything right
1: I, I it turns i don't think it goes like that far but but even so you know no mckinnon but they got they got nichushkin back they got you know and came back over that time they're still you know as much as it's still kind of a makeshift lineup for them it's a better lineup than it's what was in It's just a Philly. way
0: better makeshift lineup, right?
1: Well, no, 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 It's a better lineup than what was in Philly a couple of weeks ago. That is you fair. know, Like, you add two players, because because Nachushkin was obviously outstanding in the playoffs last year, really emerged, got the contract that he did, all that type of stuff, and he's been good this year. No, don't get me wrong. Right. But I think lekkinen has been a huge piece to that team because huge. of the fact that when you needed somebody, and this kind of goes off of the Landis thing more than McKinnon because McKinnon's played for the whole year up until Landis Cog's been
0: down for a while.
1: But when you need somebody to step up, you look in all sorts of directions and somebody's got to do it. And Lekkinen all of a sudden has turned into a top line player for them.
0: Man, I don't know. I don't know about all of a sudden. He's kind of always had that clutch gene.
1: Clutch gene. Yes. The top line, is. top line capability, no, and that's the thing. Like he's kind of turned into a top liner for them.
0: And I don't think you want him to be your top liner in a playoff. No, you um, want him to be second. Right, but you're totally fine with him running with the top crew for a couple of weeks while you're working through some injuries and your your power play doesn't have your big guns.
1: Well, and if and if it's working, then who cares, right? Absolutely. Like if he's scoring goals and he's like, because he, he, the one thing you're right about is he's got a knack for scoring big goals all oh, the time. Yeah. Like, it just seems like every time he scores a goal, he's scoring at the right time. Like, but, but regardless, so they get those two guys back. Uh, like, those two guys were part of the, like, part of the group that came back anyway. Lekkonen was center of attention for this one because he had a shorthanded goal and then assisted on the game winner um, yep. by JT Comfort. So, and it was just quick lapses. I did think it was kind of interesting that this was the game that they decided to go with Felix Sandstrom.
0: Just chucking him directly to the Wolves.
1: Well, I thought, if anything, that you really, like, you give him the Arizona game was my first thought. And then, to be honest, somewhere in there, he needs, like, he needs to get more work. Like,
0: you're going to run. The thing is, I think you play Carter Hart against Arizona because you're trying to get a win.
1: Probably. Like, I I don't disagree with you. I'm sure that's part of the reasoning. But you're also going to run the guy into the ground. Right. Well, and I'm willing to bet he's a little fatigued.
0: Well, and I'm willing to bet that's why he got that Colorado game off. He had a rough time in Arizona. Took the night off in Colorado, which brings us to Friday. Thursday I'm sorry
1: right well and then the the final point on the Colorado game was just that you you saw how they don't stack up like that's it's as simple as that like not that you're expected to stack up against the defending Stanley Cup champions with this group but
0: right well the injuries were a big story in both games and you can compare the injuries all you want at the end of the day when when the rest floats up the lineup the Colorado just Colorado just has way more depth and talent sure so, like, all right, you, so
1: you want to go to where are we at no, where' Where's the
0: New Jersey game? All uh, right? We're going to Jersey, and this was so, the Carter can, Hart show. I was
1: gonna say, can we sum it up in just two words?
0: Carter we, Hart.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was pretty much. I mean, this goes back to. I mean, he he had a good game against the Devils the first time around. Yep. Um, when they won in the season opener, it was a good. You have a good to game.
0: not be a fan of the Flyers right now. Man. Like, but
1: but this is like this is my point of this. It was a good game. Like I don't think it was anything stand like standout because they won the game five to two. He he does he make a lot of saves. Yes, did he have to kind of weather a storm at times? Yes, but like it wasn't the stand on your head. I'm the center of attention kind of game. Like there was other storylines. Season opener. This was a two to one. Exact. I mean, this this is this game was the John Tortorella formula.
0: Yeah, we this, can only
1: we can only score two goals a night. The goalie better only allow one.
0: This felt like the. Um... The, the Carolina game from earlier this year where Carter Hart just decided hey listen we're not losing this game um, just go go score thanks and to their credit the boys got him too and that's all he needed yeah Scott Lawton Travis connectney
1: yeah I mean and it it starts to become kind of become repetitive with how you know some of these games go because the goal scores are relatively similar the you know the story like, this team has 10 wins all year, and that's not really a surprise, but when you consider, you know, Two first of, them of all, being
0: against the New Jersey Devils, that's, that's surprising.
1: Um, one of them is at this point, because I don't think anybody knew anything in the season opener.
0: It was kind of like, valid.
1: like the season opener, I think when they won, it was kind of like, okay, Jersey's going to be what Jersey was last year, too. But it's so aged beautifully. Well, now
0: it has, yeah. Right like
1: now that win looks really good, and this this one looks even better. And you can, oh, you owe it all to your goaltender for. I mean, forty-eight saves second.
0: is ridiculous. Ridiculous, yeah.
1: And it's and the thing is, is it's not the first, it's not the first time this year. Nope. Like he's had some crazy good games, you know, and like. It, the the point still stands with Carter Hart co- collectively and this goes back several years to be honest like he's had an awful couple of years leading up to this season right like yeah. it, that's no secret but when when they made the playoffs in the that 2020 season like where things were kind of you know when everything shut down and all that type of stuff he was on track with the way he was winning games that year that everybody looked at the following year and it's like if you're even on pace to win something simple like 15 to 20 games a year in three years, you're going to be a top 10 goaltender in the franchise's history by wins. And that still, I think, holds true. Like, he's good enough that when he wins games like that, I mean, let's just yep. wait. They got the team, and in, in, in total, has 10 wins all year. He's got nine.
0: Right. And the fact that he's what, 23?
1: 24?
0: 24. Yeah. If he stays, which is a topic we will be getting into, obviously, a lot over the next several weeks, uh, if he stays, he has a very good chance to get into that upper echelon very right. quickly.
1: I, I still think, you know, and I, I don't remember if I brought this up on the show or not. I think I did in conversation. We did in conversation before. Yeah. One thing that goes against you trading him at any point, if, if you decide to, because I see it all the time, because he's played so well in so many games. I see, I see the, co- the same comment all the time. He's still in points. Which, no, 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 not that one. I'm saying I see the same comment all the time, which is if I'm Carter Hart, I'm walking into the front office. And I'm demanding a <laughs> trade because it, I, I'm tired of this, right? No, he loves no.
0: being it. He loves it.
1: No, no, no. Well, no. The point is, is that because there's people who don't think he's as good of a goalie as he is. And the concept is, is geez, you know, if you put him behind a better team, you would see just how like at what level he's on. How
0: Ridiculous he is. Right.
1: You know, and, and the, you know, things like that. But if you're like right now, and I, I saw this point, like recently, I think I brought it up on maybe last week's show even. If you were to try to attempt to trade him right now, there's really not much of a market for him, not because of his performance, but because of the whole Hockey Canada thing. Right. That he is linked to enough that everybody's kind of putting pumping the brakes on stuff like that right now. That is absolutely to, fair. If you wanted to move a guy who is on that team that, was, that is being investigated and all that stuff, that stuff needs to get cleared before teams are willing to take on like, hey, yeah, I'm going to make this guy a part of my future. So that's right fair. now, Carter Hart is a Philadelphia Flyer, and he's going to be for the foreseeable future. I mean, you're already in the year two of that contract, right? So, how you know how much more before eventually it turns into one of these things where it's like you know he could be free to go anywhere anyway, you know, kind of thing. Like how much longer? Because I can tell you right now, for the duration of that contract, he's not going to be you know on a team that's any good. <laughs> like it's the truth though like you think they're <laughs> improved, you think they're obviously this year is what it is and then and then you got next year do you think they're getting in that much better next year
0: i mean connor Bernard's really good
1: he's still not transforming even if you get him you're not transforming the team overnight well there's too many there's too many problems and we'll get into that more later but there's too many problems
0: well and it's it's obviously something that we have roughly a year and a half to resolve but he probably doesn't sign an extension until that Hockey Canada investigation is wrapped I, up. I,
1: I just, well, it's going to be tougher to do, I guess. That's, I mean,
0: I, look at the situation with Alex Formanton and the Senators. Like, it's a good, talented player. Like, they want him on the team. Like, he's he would be helping their current roster. Mm-hmm. But with the uncertainty around the the Hockey Canada situation, they didn't feel comfortable giving him a contract.
1: And and, you, and they didn't move. And they couldn't move him, obviously. And he they couldn't move lose. him. And I think it's, it depends on what situation you're in. Like Carter Hart already had a contract when most of this came out. So it's a little tough to, right. to back, back off of it and be like, well, I don't want this guy on the team because but it, of whatever. But, but if
0: this investigation drags out, you know, if it doesn't get resolved in six months, if it doesn't get resolved in a year, if it, you know, it's a messy situation. It, There's it can, a real chance it doesn't. It just hurts these players. Right. For a it, long can,
1: time. it can be. At some point in time, they're going to there's got to be some resolution to it because it is affecting stuff like that, like either that or it's going to be something that in typical kind of in typical hockey fashion, then eventually everybody will overlook it. If there's no answers, maybe it's, a, it's the truth. though. I... It's the absolute truth. Like, I'm not saying it should be overlooked. And right now, I don't of think course. it is. But it, but if this were to go on and, and in like a year and a half or two years, there's still no answers. And it's like, OK, now we're
0: getting past the point where it's like there's still the government involved, though. Like I hear you. Still, it's still an investigation with public funds. Like it's, it's still a well, big deal. And as Canada. long as,
1: as long as you've got social media involved in it too, which because there's a heavy presence with the way that this is being reported and stuff like that, as long as you've got that kind of involvement, it doesn't disappear. You know and what I, I mean? Like, nope. no, and I'm, not, I'm saying that in, it, it kind of in a good way. And it shouldn't, it, right? Because, it, you know, because it mean, it means that it, it forces resolutions. It Absolutely. forces you to get answers. Because of the fact that it's not going away,
0: it will not be swept under the rug.
1: So, well, it, it's, it hasn't been, it, and nope. and it's actually probably opened up more, Absolutely. more situations and cases about, that you need the to.
0: O, the 03 team, the there right. There's been more several cases,
1: incidents. That, uh, there's stuff all over the place, but, you know. So it's 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 a, it's a very messy situation yeah. for sure. Um, but uh, but like it's it, it's to your point because you're right. Is he stealing points right now? I mean, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know if he stole your point in Arizona. He definitely did in Vegas and
0: and he absolutely stole stole you you two two in New New, New Jersey. Yep. 100 percent. And, you know, a topic that we're going to touch on as we get into the Rangers game, Mm -hmm. um, I did notice a lot of Philly fans in New Jersey on Thursday night. Probably. I mean, no, I'm not. You know, I'm not giving grief to New Jersey. I'm not. You guys are doing a great job. It, with the proximity the way it is a lot of people organize trips back and forth and you know jersey's an easy one
1: i don't want to i don't want to make this statement completely because of the fact that there there's a distinct possibility that that something like this could happen in the playoffs because because the devils have carved out enough of a maybe not division lead because that's kind of because the, the devils are sliding a little bit like that's another part. I think that's another thing that kind of factors into why the Flyers can win a game like that Absolutely. at this time. That that was a team coming in on a slide, and it's been a little bit of a struggle. Like they've really had it. That like in comparison, because that that's a team that was going toe to toe with Boston for best record and points and all that stuff like that in the standings. And there's a gap now
0: because Boston only has four regulation losses. But
1: for a little while, so did New Jersey. Oh, that's I know. The and they're, like, for a little and they're up while, to, it was like
0: and they're up to eight now so
1: they're they're kind of in a slide right now but i still think they've carved like carved out enough of it i mean it would still take something pretty astronomical for them to fall out of the playoffs like division lead i'm not i'm not saying that at all like i, w- I would not have pegged them to be the division winner this year and i can understand if somebody in the division finds a way to catch them like Caroline is starting to come right there and that sounds about right for me
0: meanwhile but, the bruins are going to get the little x next to their team name any day now you could practically it feels like, um, but,
1: but my point, my point being, so the devils are, I think the devils are in a good enough position that they'll probably make the playoffs, right? Yes,
0: absolutely. And barring I mean, catas- catastrophe
1: right now, depending on kind of a, depending on where they finish and depending on who it is, because right now, if, if, if you, if you called it right now and the devils actually won the division as a result, and there's still Hilarious. a chance they could it would be against the Rangers. Yep. Now, that's going to get, you. like, you're not going to, you're going to get a Rangers crowd showing up to the Devils playoff games. You know
0: that. Like, yeah, not, but you'll, domi- you'll, not but,
1: dominant, but you're going to get Rangers fans who show up because it's proximity.
0: Absolutely. Um, your season ticket holders are going to be very careful about who they're selling tickets to. Oh, I
1: believe that. No, I'm not, I'm not saying no. I, I, and it actually, actually, which goes into my other point, because the revenues are a big discussion topic and playoffs and all yes. that to me, if you're, and maybe this is more of a league thing, but I want to touch on it really quick. Yeah, sure. If you're looking at the Atlantic Division right now and the top three teams in the Atlantic, you're thrilled right. from a rev, from a revenue standpoint when the playoffs roll around because you've got two original sixes and the three time defending Tampa. Eastern Conference champion, yep. who you know at this point go go cup crazy when it comes and, time for the playoffs.
0: And you get Toronto, Tampa, first round.
1: If it were to end, well, today, right, but, right. You know, but but actually. That's not that outrageous to say because the next team down in the Atlantic division is Florida, seven points behind Tampa.
0: I have a feeling those are going to be your top three teams in the Atlantic when the season ends.
1: Well, because because there's also a gap to like like Florida is close to a playoff spot. Playoff spot, not Atlantic spot.
0: And, you know, Detroit's not gone.
1: So okay, so if you're trying, because because the reason why revenues are important and and it's a discussion right. topic is because of the salary cap thing. Like Gary right. Bettman said something this week about the one million dollar increase is probably likely to happen, but they won't they be able to pay off
0: for more. It's uh, a they whole won't, thing. No, his,
1: in his mind, I guess they won't be able to pay off the escrow in enough time to be able to do anything further than that little increase. So we're so you're essentially looking at flat cap again, kind of for right. one more year. Before it, the big increase comes. But if you wanted to make revenues, Boston in the playoffs is great. Toronto in the playoffs is, is great. Tampa in the playoffs is great. No, by the way, let Detroit sneak in yep. and be that team that when they, whenever they get in, by the way, whether it's this year or next year or who knows, because it's, it's going to be the first time in a while.
0: Boston, They went World, through a rebuild. Man, honestly, a Boston-Detroit, if that's how it works out, and Boston-Detroit is the first round, and Toronto-Tampa is the first round. Toronto manages to beat Tampa, get over the hump, sets up a matchup with Boston in the second round. <laughs> We're getting so much salary cap increase. Come on.
1: <laughs> it would be,
0: I mean, it would be great. But... And then in the meantime, you also have uh, Devils-Rangers. Come on. That would be like. Come on. Be a,
1: that would be a great first round. Don't get me wrong. Like. And that, but that's the thing like the Devils haven't been in the playoffs in how long also right Yep. that when a team finally like gets back in like I can kind like there's like I can understand how you're looking at a team like like let's just say maybe Carolina where Out is west. the building
0: the we'll, gar- we'll talk about Carolina at least in one second you would also get if the season ended today you'd get Vegas Colorado in the first round <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm sorry the season
1: season doesn't end today so i'm kind of not not to burst your bubble but like (laughs) i don't see that happening no but okay but think about something for a minute with even with the west it's it same same principles apply to an extent because did anybody you know did anybody have winnipeg up at the top of the central standings not as far as i'm concerned, anytime you throw a canadian team into the playoffs you're getting a crowd
0: a winnipeg minnesota first round that'd be fun
1: um do you think and I'm serious about this. Do you think that Seattle would get excited for their first playoff appearance? Absolutely. So, uh, tell me where that how that's a bad thing. You know what I mean? Like, tell no. me how this is a bad thing from well, a, from a revenue standpoint
0: and of I don't having know. new
1: locations and different places that don't make it that often, re- haven't made it that often recently, get in.
0: So, I can't remember if it was Thirty Two Thoughts or if it was Steve Dangle podcast. Okay. Um, but they quoted cited something: uh, Vegas and Seattle. I believe it was uh, thirty-two thoughts.
1: I believe isn't it, is this the thing about how they're like both of them are top five revenue getters. Both of them in the are league? top
0: five in revenue. Yep. Both of them are also top six in ticket sales.
1: Which which just begs the question, like, and not to tie back to a game we've already talked about or a how location many more we're talking games?
0: about. This. How no, many no, no, more teams?
1: no, no. That's not what begs the question. It, t- it ties back into the thing, like, and you can't figure out as a league the Arizona thing. <laughs> Like, but seriously, like you keep botching that situation when you've got two, your two most recent expansion teams are two of the most successful in terms of the money, th- like of revenue and all that stuff, like that, and selling but, tickets.
0: But neither one of them is in a literal desert.
1: No, I get that. But like, my point is, is that they will, the, Gary Bettman's going to die on that hill of hockey in Arizona is working, which, and, and it's a shame because I, I this, this is something I said before about Arizona. You've got, in my opinion, one of the best brands in, in the game, yeah. maybe in sports, like your uniforms are outstanding, like your yeah. logo is great. Everything about like, honestly, your jersey is a fashion statement. People yeah. would like how many people would go around like I had, I had one of those jerseys I've, in the 90s as a kid.
0: I've seen them in music videos. That's what I'm saying.
1: I, I had one of them when I, when I was a kid because it's like they're awesome. Yep. So you have something that people should like get excited about. I think it's just it's just the location of it. You don't like you can't think the
0: new building is going to be huge for them.
1: It's not that it's my my thing isn't isn't that it's going to be huge for them. It's that it's got to happen. And as much as and there's no guarantees yet, like they're trying to make it happen. Like, I know it's close, but it's like
0: Gary is friends with enough billionaires. Oh, I know it's going to get done.
1: But like in the middle of all the other stuff, right? Like, okay. Vegas has been massively successful, and that really shouldn't be shocking because Vegas is a showman's town. You show up there, you go for entertainment
0: and we talked about it on this show. It's great for visiting fans. It's great for it's a phenomenal place to put a hockey team.
1: do you know do you know what else, though, too, that worked out for Vegas? They yes, were good. it's great, well, no yes, it's great that they are a town that it's a tourist attraction and if you go like you could be going just for the hell of it like you're art like you're there and it's like hey by the way there's a hockey game tonight let's go and do that because that's what we can buy tickets for right yeah. i get i get all that but when when that team had yet to play a single game and tragedy strikes in the t- in the city and that's the group that comes out and emerges as like hey we're gonna bond with the community so now they've been like they're embraced by their own locals as much as they are. Like, oh, yeah, by the way, it was going to be a good tourist attraction regardless, but they're embraced by the locals too.
0: Vegas did everything right for the nope. first 24 months.
1: They could not um, have scripted it. The, then the they started is, trading
0: away all their stars,
1: but they're still a good team. Oh, I
0: know. Insane. I um, think
1: the key difference between Vegas and Seattle is that. Seattle had to, Seattle had to make it work the way that every other team that we view as successful had to make it work the way that Nashville had to make it work, you know, w- was it going to work? Huh. Like it was a question. Yep. It's it's a legit question. It's like, is this a hockey town? I don't no, know. There and was enough.
0: There was enough money behind. Oh, I am not saying Seattle. Not, and it, well, and Seattle is just a passionate sports town, right? You look at sure. the, Se- the Seahawks and the 12th man. Uh, mm-hmm. The the Seattle Sounders have one of the most vocal fan bases in. All of like the Seattle founder Sounders Arena is enormous. It's one of the biggest arenas in North America. Sure, oh, Um yeah. the, the, they the, are the, a passionate sports city. When they, they get in on the Mariners, they get in on the Mariners.
1: Mariners are fun this year too.
0: Yeah, yeah, I have my, uh, my cousin Lauren lives out there, and she's think, she's a diehard uh, Mariners fan. But. They got one of the –
1: and not to mention they got one of the best – that, not that we're all of a sudden a baseball podcast, but they do have one of the best young players in baseball right now too. That that okay. doesn't hurt either. No, no but Seattle's got – the, the Kraken have something going for them that that Arizona does as well, which is, again, it's great branding. You yep. couldn't have done any better with the logo and the design and all that type and of they, stuff. They, like, they color
0: matched the city.
1: Well, sure. And I get, I, I get that they did. They did in
0: that sense. No, I'm not giving the, them grief. I'm, I mean, oh, oh, no, 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 no. I, 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 I'm not, not
1: giving them grief either. What I'm saying though, is, is that then to come up with a logo design that is clearly unique to you, dope, but also outstanding, like the you couldn't have done any better. S dope. Yeah. You couldn't have done any better. Like that's the thing. So
0: top five logo in sports. Maybe, maybe
1: I, Look, I, I don't know about I I don't know if I'm going to go I would ever go that far with anything because I don't okay. I don't like to span the sports per se, but I did pretty much almost immediately after seeing those jerseys, I went their top 5 in the league already. Okay. I think their jersey designs are top 5 in the league already.
0: And there are six original six fan bases who are very very curious as who the other I, four are. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm cuz because
1: i, I do not diss the original six designs in any way shape or form. Like, honestly, I don't. No, I know. It's, and
0: we're we're putting the history aside and just speaking aesthetically. I just
1: top five because because I think that another thing that made it such a good design was the color scheme, matching it to the other teams in that area, going with that maritime kind of vibe where it's ocean, col- oceanic colors. Right? All right. I know we're off. on. We a promised each other we'd
0: keep the show a little bit on the shorter side here. Uh, let's, let's talk, talk real quick the range about the Rangers. Range of- yeah. So. Um, the, the Rangers takeover tab that you have up on our screen. If you're yeah, watching you, on our YouTube I, channel, do you have, like, do you um, get
1: what I'm referencing there? It's not absolutely.
0: TV. The, the fans were louder than the Flyers fans and it wasn't really all that close.
1: That was a, it was a home game. I, I didn't, you know, I don't like, and they should
0: have let the Rangers have less change.
1: <laughs> I, I didn't plan to cover a road game this year, but I guess, you know, plans change, I suppose, right. you know, um, no, th- 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 it's a, it was essentially a Rangers home game, which as only... to be
0: expected.
1: Yes and no, because yes, I expect Ranger fans to show up.
0: Don't get me wrong. Okay, but can you can the you actually level... can you actually realistically expect Flyers fans to show up?
1: I'm not saying that, but it, it, it's it's regardless of the point. I'd re- like you should rather Flyers fans show up and sit on it, sit on their hands all night than have that. But they're not building, which which only fuels the concept that we've already talked about, that as long as people show up in general, no matter who you root for, no matter what Jersey you're wearing, because as far as I'm concerned, if you're in, if you're part of that ownership group, you should be irate and embarrassed by that display. The idea that the building was the way that it was for a home game on a Saturday night that. Rangers fans showed how loud they can be in an opposing building. They yeah. were, they took it over. I mean, they're singing their goal song, the "Let's Go Rangers" chants were very loud and started ten seconds after the drop of the puck. At one point in time, this is how wild the game got. Like, not I'm not saying wild in terms of the game was out of control on the ice or anything like that, but this is how wild the game was, where it was in t- all sorts of different directions. And as the empty netters were going in and all that type of stuff, you had stuff that doesn't even apply to the Flyers going on because you had. Yep. At one point in time, there was a Potvin sucks chant and there was a Crosby sh- sucks chant. And it's like,
0: to be fair, that one's kind of related to the Flyers.
1: <laughs> but, like my, the point that I was making is that you're sitting there looking around. I know. Because you know, I'll tell you why it didn't make any sense. The Crosby sucks chant went up after it was already like five to three with the em- first empty netter. So the Flyers fans that were there were already going for the exits. So he, it now it's essentially just a Rangers crowd. Sidney Crosby exactly. is not playing, by the way.
0: The, but that's the thing is they're not chanting about us because we're not relevant enough to be chanted about maybe i don't know they're already but, dumping on us the game's over
1: but it, but it, but if you, like that, that's the point this is yep. the point if it's if you accept this then there's no hope for you as a franchise if this is accepted
0: but the building's full
1: but that's my point if that's yep. what you're accepting then that's what you are then stop being a money grab and and D- disown your franchise because that's not how sports like. You shouldn't want it to be. Hey, by the way, when when the Rangers are in town, we draw a good crowd.
0: I, or, no. or, well,
1: I'm I'm sorry, that's not entirely fault like true. You should want it to be. Hey, the Rangers are in town. We're going to draw a good crowd. But, but it, should it should be, be full your of fans.
0: fans screaming vigor at them.
1: Right. Yeah. That's the point. Like you. you yep. But now now, granted, if we go to the game itself, the Rangers won the game with with skill. They made great plays. Key players were showing up. Um, the Keandre Miller goal was outstanding. That's just sensational.
0: Oh, Um, incredible. Which by the way, like the
1: second that he steals the puck, by the way, everybody that was sitting near me in the press box, myself included, by the way, no, not saying goal because of the fact that he didn't quite have, he didn't have the step yet. So it wasn't a a sure breakaway, but we all knew the speed that he has. So we even said, Oh, here we go. He's going to turn on the jets and off he was. And what a, just what a play. He sure Um, did. Yep. You you got Artemi Panarin and Barkley Gaudreau score. You know, where I think a gets left all alone in front and then puts the move on to score a goal. Not something he does
0: all that often. Um, you know, I can't, I can't believe that team's going to add Patrick Kane.
1: Ugh. Um, is that for sure and certain? No.
0: Okay. But I think Patrick Kane wants to play with Artemi Panarin again. And I don't think Patrick Kane would. And I don't think Patrick Kane would mind playing in New York.
1: See, I, th- I think that and I, I don't know if it's going to like, again, like, like cap is going to be a huge deal with this. I get it. But I I think that hasn't Boston come up for Kane, too?
0: Yeah, I it's, think they would have hard a harder with, time. Right. They would I, have a harder. I, I, time I know wise.
1: But 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 you see the, the logic, though, right? Yeah, sure. You put, then you would put Patrick Kane on a second line with um with Krejci and
0: Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall. Is that good? Come on. Right, or David right. Pasternak.
1: Nah, I think they'd leave Pasternak up at the top.
0: Oh, is he up at the top still? Okay. It, um, it goes back and forth, but I think you added...
1: I, I mean, I see where you're trying to go with it. You're trying to add Kane and Marge Put him, on put him with Marshall and
0: Bergeron. Come on. Good Lord. Showtime perfection. Come on.
1: <laughs> so, so
0: how many um, how many crappy puns if he goes to New York about Showtime and Broadway and... Come on. Come More on. than you want to hear, probably. Way um, too many.
1: All right, so wh- where, where do you want to go next? Because we're pretty much through the games, but we really need to talk about the other two things we have up here that are team-related because they're so, both important. Do you want yeah, to go with the guy let's, who?
0: Let's talk about the personnel one first. Okay, um, so we're going to the Hayes one. So we talked about the games, and Kevin Hayes did not play against his former team, the New York Rangers, on um, Saturday.
1: Kev- yeah, because Ke- Kevin Hayes hasn't played since the second period on Thursday against New Jersey. Let's make that clear. Yeah.
0: And by the way, that is a point in Carter Hart's favor also, is that he's making all those saves in the third period without Kevin Hayes on the ice at any given point. Um, so,
1: so where do you want me to begin with this one?
0: <laughs> uh,
1: why? Why was he benched? Yeah. Um. Because because this is an evolving storyline, that no matter how much John Tortorella wants to deny this claim, Kevin Hayes is in the doghouse. Right. So th- there's really no denying that. Like, Tortorella's going to say that he's not, that he's not, that he's not doing, like, it, that it has nothing to do with that or whatever. But there's tension building. And I can tell you there's tension building for something that. That I, I guess, you know, I didn't I didn't have a reason to necessarily use this for anything, but now it, it really becomes even more relevant now than before. So they're doing locker room a little different this year when it comes to the interviews or maybe because we haven't been in the room itself. It's been a little different. There's points where the cameras are off when you still can get questions in because they're bringing guys in like rapid fire right? with the exception of maybe the last guy who comes in where everybody's waiting. So then you get whatever two minutes or whatever it is or three minutes and then it's over. So right. we'll be talking to one guy, and then it'll be, oh, by the way, so and so's over here, and we can get started with that. And you'll go over, and you also have the option, though, that when all the cameras disappear at that moment, when all of the other reporters start to run to the guy that they just brought into the room, you could stay with the guy that was already being talked to. And get another question. And, get a, or and yeah. get a little more in, and and the whole crowd's not around, and it's not going to be in the transcripts and blah blah blah. I did that with a Kevin off Hayes. the record time. <laughs> Well, No, it's on record because he's still doing his scrum, but you're asking questions while nobody else is directly there listening. They're not even getting the audio of this. You're going to have elsewhere. Um, So I did that with Kevin Hayes after, um, I guess it would have been after the Washington game because they were about to go on the road to Vegas. And John Tortorella had said something after that game about, this is a team that's been at home for too long. We need to get out of here. We need to get on the road. And I – because I had asked – because Torts had said that kind of just naturally, and then I brought it up again to him, like, more asking him the question, is this where – like, does going on the road help you build the foundational aspects of the game that you want to see? Because you're not at home. Like, you're at right. – like, you're not comfortable. You go and you're staying away from home. You're not – you're you're just with the guys. You're trying to build – you know, Your whole focus
0: game. is on the game and the team.
1: Right. And his whole point – like, his point was – you know, like in agreeing with that to an extent, his whole point also was like we just need to get out of here. Five games in a row at home is too many. Like the boys we need, need a little need, bonding time. Right. We we really need to just be be away for a little while, like be away from the comforts and things like that. Okay, fair enough. I go and ask Hayes the same thing. I go and bring it up that Tort said that maybe you've been at home for too long and you need to get out there or whatever. And basically he danced around the question and d- said, I don't wanna, you know. I, I don't want to necessarily disagree because he's the coach, but, you know, so it was kind of like in a weird way, like thinking back on that now, it was a little bit of an awkward exchange, not necessarily like for me asking the question, but he didn't agree with what Tortorella had to say. It was right. pretty obvious. There's
0: a, there's a little bit of, I don't, I don't want to call it friction because I don't know if there's friction, but there's, no, there's,
1: ten- well, there's tension.
0: At minimum, there is uh, some disagreement.
1: Well, and that's the point. Like now I'm thinking back to that answer. And going off of the fact that it was something in Tortorella, because because that's the other unique aspect of this whole post game stuff that we do is we get Tortorella first, which was normally not okay. is normally not the case. So we can go into the room, talk to the players, and go off of hey, Torts, off of what
0: Tortorella said. But
1: Torts what? said this, Tort said that, which is at this point is is basically the major storyline anyway because it's all in Tortorella's evaluation. It's all Tortorella's trying to figure out who it's the who's with us. Remember who's with us, who's not. Yep. Right. So. You can tell that Tortorella and Hayes are not on the same page. Yep. Uh, there's a really good chance that they never will be. Nope. You can already tell that that's the, pot, that's the path that we're starting to tread down.
0: And I and can say this that they are both strong personalities. And they, I don't, they if they don't mix, I don't think they're ever really going to.
1: And, and, but this is also, but this is what Tortorella talked about from the very beginning. You We're here to find out who's with us and who's not. And at the moment, in John Tortorella's eyes at least, Kevin Hayes is not. That's just the way that it is. Now, this there's a new dynamic to this at this point as this goes on because let's not gloss over the fact that benched in a game in October for the entire third period, yep. benched for the entire third period on Thursday night, healthy scratch Saturday night. Yep. And I believe it was the most recent episode of snow, the goalie this came up on, and I don't remember who necessarily brought up the point. It might've been Russ joy. It might've been Chris Terry and a little bit, might have a little bit of both kind of bouncing it off of each other. I know it was Anthony didn't really go into this as much, but I know that both of the other two did. At what point in time does this tough love approach that you're like, cause that's the way the tortorella is going to look at it. Right? Like I'm not saying I don't like, Oh, he's not in the dog. House, him I love cause he needs
0: to be benched.
1: Well, it's, 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 I don't hate the guy. It's just, I got to push him. Right. At what point in time does pushing Kevin Hayes in this way become something that the player tunes out and says, I'm not doing this anymore? I just don't even want to deal with this.
0: So something I've mentioned on this show before is that I think Kevin Hayes could potentially be a major problem in the locker room. Uh, I believe he is the center of the locker room and the, you know, if it turns, it turns in a hurry. Um
1: Well, it's a far cry from what we were saying over the last year or two, where it was, hey, listen, Kevin Hayes is going to bring all of his buddies to Philadelphia, right?
0: Well, right. Well, and I think that's why he's the center of the locker room. Um, They just allowed him to do it. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think there's I wonder if John Tortorella is scratching Kevin Hayes and benching Kevin Hayes. To try to not only get his attention, but to get Comcast's attention. At some point, if you scratch him enough, they're gonna ask, Hey, why are we paying this guy more than seven million dollars a season and you're not paying him?
1: Well, kind of to an extent, because that's where I'm that's where I was going with it. At what point in time does a guy like Kevin Hayes sit there and, and decide this isn't something I want to do anymore? And then tries to force the trade or whatever, right? Like but, it, I it, don't it, know what it the feels flyers like would have
0: I don't know what the Flyers would have to give up to trade Kevin Hayes.
1: Right now, nothing because they're not going to trade. Like,
0: like, hey, sure, me- sure, like, sure, sure, like immediately. In I guess o- in the off like,
1: Well, uh, even then, it's going to be tough. Like, it's not like it's easy. Now, I I do agree with the sentiment. And I believe that the um, the tweet that I saw was from Anthony DeMarco, uh, who does stuff for the fourth period. Um, that was there are teams out there that might be more willing to take on a Kevin Hayes style contract at that stage of it. And say, listen, I'll, I'll take the three years at $7 million because that is the market value for a middle six center. Right. Rather than sign a seven-year contract at the same price for somebody else who's out there. Right. I might rather trade something. It's going to be minimal, especially if you take the whole contract.
0: Especially if the cap stays flat.
1: Well, that's but that's why I think that you'd have a better shot of moving him with two years to go. Oh. And somebody says, I'll take a two-year flyer. Like, after this year, it's still three years. I think he's stuck here for another year.
0: I... And, okay, then the cap so, goes
1: up, and then the cap goes up like $5 million it, and somebody sits there with that money and goes, you know what? I'm a contender. I can put him well, on my third line for two more years. I'll take him at seven mil.
0: Well, if we get the organizational turnover that we're uh, expecting and that heads in kind of a, a pointed direction, um, <laughs> there's a chance that the team is willing to trade him after this season.
1: Oh, I'm not saying that they retain- might not be willing and, to.
0: And it. retain for three years.
1: I think but that I think that would be a massive mistake.
0: Really? For 3 to, years? To re- to,
1: no, to retain on another player though.
0: For 3 years that you're already probably going to be bad anyway? No, I
1: because because it, it here's the reason why it's a bad idea now versus
0: a year ago. Okay.
1: If they didn't sign Travis Sanheim, if they didn't sign Ristolainen, okay. then I'm right there with you. Okay. But, but you've got too much term and time and term and money tied up that you're going to even like, – retaining 25 percent of that salary for th- three three more years just to get him out of here because he doesn't – because the he and the coach don't mesh, that's even more of a disaster. Like how, what are the odds long? of John Tortorella's around for the
0: rest of that contract? How long are we going to be saying the phrase, if only they didn't sign Rasmus Ristolainen? We're
1: going to be saying it forever. I know. Like,
0: all right, so – Let's
1: let's let me put something else this way, too, because I didn't even write a tab for this. But this is another part of Saturday in the soap opera that continues for the Flyers, by the way. Um, Lucas said OK, just up and left. Now, he had valid reasons for it. His family is overseas and he was playing overseas last season. And it was like, OK, listen, it, 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 it look at the time of year it is. It's the holiday season. You're away from your family. You know, if you're getting homesick, you're getting homesick. I get it. Hmm. But there's also an element where he came back to the NHL and signed in Colorado to play for the defending Stanley Cup champions, who put him on waivers. And he got claimed by a team that went on a 10-game losing streak, has lost 17-20. And,
0: and he's getting, like, like, bottom six minutes on them.
1: No, he's actually getting an elevated eh, role lately. That's fair. If nothing else. He was actually one of the better players. He's if, been if playing we well. Winner. Yeah. The point was is, listen to what he had to say about it. It wasn't giving me what I thought it was going to give me, meaning this isn't as fun as I thought it would be to be playing middle six minutes and a more elevated role than the fourth line to be having success individually, like to show I can play at this level. I could go to any one of these other teams and probably contribute. That's not the issue. He's looking at the team he's playing on and going, it's a John Tortorella coach team in the middle of the slog of it where you're like stuck in the middle of nowhere. You're not going to contend. You're not going to win a Stanley Cup. They'd have to waive you again to get you onto a team that will Get you a shot, right. Like, if that's the case, they obviously aren't interested in doing that because you're one of their better players. Now, maybe they would have traded you. I don't know. But beside the point, and he just decides, this isn't as fulfilling and fun as it should be. I'm going home. Terminate my contract. And he's up and left. Yep. Is that not – like, Kevin Hayes isn't going to do that, but – Is that not the same thing where no where it turns out like newsflash players don't want to play on a team that is kind of coached by a guy who's putting his will on the veteran players where it's like you're going to sit your ass down because you're not playing well enough and I'm tired of the same mistakes and trying to teach you over and over and over again. And then the player eventually is going to go, then get me the hell out of here because what am I doing if that's the case? I didn't sign up for this. And that's why, like, you can hate on Tortorella all you want to and you can sit there and say that you don't like him and blah, blah, blah for this type of stuff. This is who he is. And we knew this coming in. And that look, could that make him the wrong guy for the team right now that needs to kind of bottom out before it goes north? Sure, it kind of does a little bit. But at the same time, this is what you knew you were signing up for. And to an extent, this is where it falls onto the players that you were going to find out who's okay with this style of coaching and this way of building it back and yep. who's not. And that's what he means. Who's with us. Who's not, yep. you know, John Tortorella knows every second of every day, right. This moment, he's the safest guy in the building. Nothing's going to happen. Like, I, like I, I'm seeing stuff like Tortorella's seats should be getting hotter for stuff like this because you're sitting a $7 million guy. It's like, no, his seat's not even warm.
0: Nope. He's about as safe as it gets. Right now.
1: Because nothing's gonna happen to him because he's continu- he can continue to state for the for the rest of the season, he can continue to come out and tell you we're trying to figure out who the team is, what the future's gonna look like, and it's all about building and teaching and blah blah blah. And but even as soon as next season, if you've gotta bring back Kevin Hayes because nobody takes him at seven million dollars for three more years or whatever the case may be, if you gotta bring him back. You can't keep leaning on, well, we're, we're, I'm teaching, I'm teaching, I'm te-. because at that point in time, he's in his 30s. He can't be taught. Right. Y- you know that at that he's point. He's finished just, product. Right. If you're stuck with him, which is a very likely scenario, and we already know that he's not on the same page with, with the coach, nope. like you can't continue to sit him out and then say, well, I'm doing it to teach a lesson. That, that doesn't work anymore. Doesn't at this fly. point, time, like at that point in time to teach him a lesson about what, that the system isn't working for him, that he's not picking it up. He'd have a year. Right. Like, OK, I get it the first three weeks into the season when you're sitting there going, listen, I'm sitting your ass down on the bench for the entire third period. I'm not impressed with this. And accountability is not a bad thing. Don't get me right. wrong. But you can't set you can't sit him out of a game next year and then try to pass it off as it's a teaching moment. Right. Not for a 30-year-old, not for a guy who's been in the league for approaching 10 years, not for a guy who should know better and who either is picking – at that point in time, he's either picking it up or he's not. And by that point in time, if he hasn't gotten it, he's never going to get it. Like you're trying – like you're on the third time trying to send a message to this guy, and maybe it's a message that deep down runs through the entire team, but you're trying to send a message to the guy. And at what point in time is it message not received, message never received?
0: December eighteenth, 2022. Yes. I'll ask you. All right. Who leaves Philadelphia first? John Tortorella <laughs> or Kevin Hayes?
1: Kevin Hayes because of the fact okay. that they'll find they'll find a taker as the contract wears down. I, I to be honest, I don't know that Tortorella is ever going to get fired person. Okay. I think he's got a 4-year contract. This is year 1. I Maybe think that he could
0: I think he could be here four for years. the
1: I think he could run the 4 years and then that be the end of it. But
0: I think a lot I think a lot of where it goes from there depends on where the franchise But it's is funny at. like
1: because cuz you're sitting here cuz you're sitting here asking me the question about why like I, I didn't realize I had this part written in my notes here why wouldn't they eat the salary and all stuff like that It's beca- I, I, I'm going to say it again because it goes back to this is irreparable damage that Chuck Fletcher has done to this roster yep. when you are where the Flyers are right now you got you've got a roster of players right now that for the most part not all of them but you've got players who can be fine players. It's not like teams around the league are sitting there looking at, and I'm just doing this on paper. I know guys, some of the guys I'm going to mention might be hurt or whatnot, but teams aren't looking around then saying, Sean Couturier is not a good player. Travis Konecki, not a good player. Kevin Hayes, not a good player, right? Even guys like James Ann like and Rasmus Ristolain and have a market. Like, It's not like other teams sit there and go, I wouldn't take that guy right. as a player. I'm not talking to, to uh, take... Right. Take the, the contracts contracts out. Though. take the contracts out of the picture. Like, no, does James and Ream's like have a market this year? Hell yeah, he does because it's the last year of a $7 million contract. Any team's going to take it for the rest of the year. At, you know, hey, eat half the salary for the remainder of the year and I'll pay him three and a half and mil they, sure. Why not? He might, help, he might help my team in the playoffs, right? Like teams out there are going to do that. They're not, they're not garbage to the rest of the league, right? Somewhere out there, the right fit exists for players like that maybe Absolutely. it's just a different role maybe it's a different system whatever the case may be they are legitimate nhl players but that said when you have a bunch of complimentary pieces we have a bunch of guys like the idea that hayes is a good maybe even a great third line center or a travis sanheim who's a good middle pairing could be a
0: really good third, fourth yeah
1: but when you load a team down with that kind of talent you get stuck in no man's land you're not good enough to contend. You're maybe good enough to make a playoff, push in a playoff spot. And you're not bad enough to be at the bottom, which but kind what? of like, which is what I've thought about for the last week. And I'll ask you the question as someone who kind of watches more of an outsider than like what yeah. I do.
0: Yeah.
1: Are they really that bad of a team? Yeah. Are they though? Yeah. Or are they, no, or are they just competitive enough that that means that they're not that, but they're not a playoff team. That's what I mean by are they that
0: bad? So, they're not
1: Chicago, are they?
0: So okay, no.
1: That's what I'm. But that's what I'm trying to say. Everybody I wants if, them to be Chicago. Everybody if, wants them to be Arizona.
0: If the roster, no, they're not that. I I firmly believe that Carter Hart is a major a major reason why they're not that. But they're not that. True. Um, if the roster was healthy, um, I think they would be kind of that middling team that you're talking about. I think the only reason that they're heading towards the bottom is that, you know, Ryan Ellis is at MIA. Sean Couturier is, you know, eventually coming back. Um, you know, Cam Atkinson might show up at some point. We'll get to him in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, when you load yourself down with good but not great players, kind of like you're talking about there, you leave yourself vulnerable to, if your top line center goes out, you're done. If one of your top defensemen goes out, you're done. If both of them go out, you are where the Philadelphia Flyers are and that is in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes.
1: Kind yeah kind Roughly. of though. Yeah kind of because like that's what I'm saying like are they just good enough is what my question was cuz like I'm getting a sense that
0: they are. Like, I think they're just bad enough.
1: Well like no cuz they're not look I'm to not get to get down
0: into that range is what I'm saying.
1: I, and maybe so depending on what happens you know, down the road here, because, yes, injuries will play a factor into that. Don't get well, me wrong. And
0: like, they, and they will I, trade some people off, right? You will they probably will trade, trade te- Justin Braun. You'll probably trade JVR. The team will get worse.
1: I hear you. And, and okay, OK, and let's put this way. Here's where you're not wrong about that. If Carter Hart gets hurt for like two weeks. And you lose him and you have to play two guys who are primarily minor league goaltenders because that's really all the experience that they have.
0: Sandstrom and then who would it be? Erson? Erson. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like, good luck with that when you're giving like, and I understand that, yes, like the, the structure has gotten better to the point where it's like you, you're not giving up 25 scoring chances or high danger chances anymore. You're giving up like 11. I get it. But beside the point, right? Like that that's not going to cut it either way. The team, but the team has been competitive regularly. The goaltending keeps them in it, and you saw on the road trip, like the road trip, they got four points in the standings. Right, four points out of four games, like four points out of eight, is a decent little road trip, all things considered. Too now, decent, the- honestly. W- right, which is which is you no. Know, now it's the way that they did it, where you sit there and you go, okay, now that makes more sense. Like if if we didn't play the loser point stuff, then it's a totally different outlook. All right. But the loser point <laughs> does something. For but this is why, like. It's why from the beginning I was so adamant about the wrist alignment signing. It was confusing. Why are you going in that direction? It's why I didn't agree with the Travis Sandheim extension. It's why I can criticize the moves that were made in the offseason where you're giving Nick Delorier four years, you're trading three draft picks to get Tony D'Angelo, who, by the way, was also a healthy scratch recently. You know, none of it makes sense when you need draft picks, when you need to build it from the ground up. And when you need to not be locked into numerous contracts for multiple years that make it so you're going to be building this thing until John Tortorella's contract is up, and you're wondering where does it go from here? Like, what was the point of any of it, if, right. if, if for the entirety of John Tortorella's contract you're sitting here going, we got to build, we got to build, because, because you're not wrong, okay? Like, if they ended up with Connor Bedard, like. Is it a that turning? Accelerates point? things. No. Is it a turning point? Yes, because any team that gets a generational talent gets something better. Yes. Like at that point in time, like think about the Edmonton Oilers for a second. When they got Connor McDavid, McDavid was not the first. No. Right.
0: Like, no, they, they had multiple first round picks in the years leading like up. Like they the already game. had
1: they, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and they already they had, had Taylor Hall, and they, they had already, already failed had,
0: Nail Yakupov, right? Right.
1: But they already had guys, and they were building around that too. Because Drysaitel was not number one, but it was close enough, right? Like he was right up there, and you're get, and you're going out and you're looking for you know a Darnell Nurse is a higher prospect as well, like high draft pick. Like you're building around that, right? You've done it for several years, so right. when you get the generational McDavid. And then put him with a guy like Dreisaitl, who's probably going to be the best player in history from his home country. Probably. Yeah. Like, if, if he isn't already, I think he probably, might be. Probably is. But, like, if you if you do it at that stage of things, when it's like, oh, by the way, on top of all the first overall picks that you had prior, here comes Connor McDavid. Now you're ready to accelerate the build a little bit where, yes, you might make the playoffs and you might make a run because you got the best player in the world on your team as opposed to having that be the first guy you get because then you might not pick there again ever like like a good starting point was cutter goti yes. all right fifth overall pick you can see he's got scoring talent you can see that he can play down the middle that's good stuff but is that the only guy you're going to get leading into before like like is it going to be that and then by the way we're going to have to dip into the well I guess for defensemen, it's all on Cam York. I guess for forwards, it's all on Joel Farabee. And that's right. not say like I'm not saying Joel Farabee's a bad player per se, but he's a guy who like Tortorella's even been critical of. He's got to be yep. more consistent, and well, he can't hide behind the injury,
0: right? And you can point to the Buffalo Sabers. They got Jack. They didn't get McDavid, but they got Jack Eichel, and he was supposed to be you know almost as good. Blah blah blah. They had to get Rasmus Stalin, trade away Jack Eichel, get Owen Power to like. Mm-hmm. Even be a good team at that point. Like, yes, they turn Jack Eichel into assets that turn them into a team, but you don't want it. You don't want the Flyers to draft Connor Bedard, have him for three or four years, trade him for a haul, and then be good. Like, nah.
1: no, but you nah. don't, but they don't even have the potential to do something like that where it's like, okay, like, let's look at Buffalo's who's who turned out to be, I'll, I'll say, I'll phrase it that way. Who turned out to be the Jack Eichel replacement? Tage Thompson. Sure. But was that known at the time? No. No. Because you had to make a savvy trade. Because let's remember what trade that was to get Tage Thompson on the Buffalo. That was Ryan
0: O'Reilly, right? Yep.
1: So you had to move on from Ryan O'Reilly, send him to St. Louis to get the prospect to you know only to have to go through the same process of, well,
0: it was have like to a skim- three a three year period where sure. we thought Tage Thompson was a bust.
1: Exactly, but you got to go through it. You got to what? What's the thing that John Tortorella said recently? You got to eat it before you can earn, like before you earn it, kind of stuff. Like you got to build through some of that stuff, and eventually, like let's put it this way: Do the Buffalo Sabers have a goalie that might turn out to be really good? Yeah, yeah. Is is it happening today? No.
0: But- All right. This is a conversation for a future show. I promise. We have promised ourselves we're going to try to keep this short let's put a pin in this now we will talk about kind of the rebuild as it moves forward that's um, fair i mean we like, should do
1: we should do this really quick like i said
0: way. by the time we have our next show there's a very real chance there's a new journal manager and this all becomes sure a is. lot more realistic yeah um cam atkinson uh appeared to be getting closer and then kind of just was put on the ir mm-hmm. and we don't really know what's going on <laughs> kevin what do you got <laughs>
1: I don't have much. I'm not surprised that this is not maybe not at the injured reserve thing, but even in the last injury update, he was week to week. Right. And I came on here and I told you at the time, like we were doing a show and I said, I don't expect to see him for the rest of the calendar year. Um, now that seems official. It kind of for a little while was looking like it wasn't going to be right. He it looked was like he was going to show up. The thing about this is so because right now all, all anybody can go off of is it kind of came up randomly. It was like Friday night into Saturday that all of a sudden he pops up on IR. The team didn't announce it until like Saturday afternoon, early afternoon, like after morning skate type stuff. It was on cat friendly the night before and on the right. NHL's media site. So at that point in time, we all knew, but the team hadn't made it official yet. And that's probably the bigger story than Atkinson himself. Like, the okay. Atkinson, about it. No, like Atkinson's health is what it is. And obviously like he hasn't played a game all year this is concerning from a human element like yep if something's wrong something must be really wrong that he's he was out there it looked like things were going good he went on the road trip and now
0: IR. he's back on the shelf
1: and it doesn't and it doesn't seem like this is because let's be real this could have it could have been retroactive so you call up a few guys like right. that makes some sense right right this doesn't seem retroactive this seems like it was he was placed on ir on friday huh. which means that he's out for well, it, I think it's a minimum of seven days is what it turns out to be. But, like, let's be real. is he come back in seven days? Probably
0: not. Uh, no. Which and if them- nothing
1: else, actually, if nothing else, I'll tell you what I think this actually has to do with more than anything also. The roster freeze starts right. on Monday. So I okay. think that this has to do with that you can move him there and he's already stuck there and there's no back and forth of, like, well, we got to try to activate the guy during the time or whatever. I mean, I think you still can technically. Like although not like they're playing much in the next week though. They got three games before the holidays hit, and then they're kinda like there's some time. So it's not a huge deal. But but the bigger story is that this is about optics and transparency. And that the fans are already tired of this from before because isn't this, you know, aren't they tired from Kevin Hayes kept getting hurt last season? Aren't they Ryan tired Ellis. from Well, I'm getting to that. But right. is, aren't they aren't they tired from Kevin Hayes kept getting hurt and tired from Sean Couturier hasn't played a game in over a calendar year because he had to have another back surgery for some reason. And aren't they tired because Ryan Ellis was acquired as essentially damaged goods, played four games, and no one's ever heard from him since? Like, aren't they tired of that stuff? Like, so now you add this, now you take – the big thing to me also is you take Cam Atkinson, who was a player who upon arrival made a genuine connection with the fans – and was very likable from day 1. Absolutely. And now there's nothing on that front either. So Probably it's Ryan a,
0: so it's prob- Ryan L's 2.0. Probably the most likable member of that team last year. And
1: a, and a guy who by all accounts going into this season before all of this ca- comes up is essentially going to be your bridge between the coach and the locker room. Was supposed to be like I had him pegged as a, ca- a captain ca- like candidate.
0: Minimum an A. For sure.
1: Well, right. Because of the fact that you felt like this is a guy who should be able to lead. I don't know. Well, no, not even just lead. I don't know. He's got a relationship with the coach already Next that should point. help you bridge the gap a little bit. Like as a guy who kind of got the tough love, like right about now, Cam Atkinson, and I don't know how often, like, I don't know how much he's around in between, like, uh, like he's at practices on occasion, but he wasn't skating recently. Like he wasn't skating when they got back. I can tell you that. Right. Um. But as a guy who we know is buddies with Kevin Hayes, as a guy who was coached by Tortorella through some tough love of his own when Tortorella got to Columbus, don't you think that would be a good thing to have right now? Like, yep. hey, you know, Hazy, like, I know this is tough right now. I know this here's, sucks right here's now. Here's what Tortorella is but doing. This, right. Right. But here's, well, now there's an element to that that doesn't make as much sense for Hayes as it did for Atkinson. When Atkinson had him, he was a 24-year-old kid who, like, you know, he, he was put through the ringer kind of the way that, I'm p- I'm picking a name out of a hat right now, kind of like I'm trying to pick a young guy. So put through the ring, are kind of like the way maybe a Morgan Frost would be where it's like if Morgan Frost was getting sat down on a regular basis. It's like, well, you're still under 25, though.
0: Right. It makes like, sense.
1: I'm like, I see the potential for you and I'm going to tough love you to death because I need like this is not Pierre-Luc Dubois. I'm going to push you harder because I know you're good enough for it. And then you turn into something for the rest of your career because, oh, by the way, when you're done with the Columbus thing, you're still in your early 20s. Right. You know, and. Plenty of time. Right. Th- there's not that kind of time with Kevin Hayes. Like, I don't think Kevin Hayes is going to learn that anywhere. It's either you're going to go and you're going to fit or you're not going to fit. That's where you are at this point. So Atkinson, I mean, it's good of a resource it would be to say, listen, one of your buddies from college who played college hockey with you, who also had the coach who pushed him harder than anything to turn him into the player that he was, that we saw last year and, and all that type of stuff, you know, to have that might be helpful, but also this becomes it, like, it's still just a genuinely concerning situation. Like every question that you have about Cam Atkinson, right along with guys like Couturier and Ellis, they're all valid questions. Will he play this year? Will he play at all? Even if he does play, what's it going to look like? Right. Like these are guys that don't make like they're not small contracts.
0: No, you
1: okay. just extended Sean Couturier. You've got Ryan Ellis tied up for another five years of you know six point seven five million or six point two five million dollars is what it is because Proverbs the seven five right. Um, you got Atkinson's making over five and a half million dollars himself, and that's got. Two, year, two or three more years left or two more years beyond this year on that, right? What are the like how many guys do they have on this roster right now that you're wondering what their future even is?
0: I don't even know how many guys I want to have a future on this roster.
1: Atkinson, I did because of the fact that I just felt like when you're trying to build with younger guys and he He's was a, a young great, guy who went yes he, and he was a young guy who went through Tortorella and it was like, you he need somebody been, yes. who backs this approach up.
0: He would because be right a now, great asset. Tough. Yeah,
1: because right now it's tough. It's tough to be the, the thing that the thing that's hard with Tortorella right now. No matter where it where, who you are, what it is, is even when he took over in Columbus and is coaching a guy like Cam Atkinson and there's other younger guys who are on that roster too. There was still like an element of expectation where it was like, at some point in time, Columbus has to be in a little bit of a not go for it mode like Stanley Cup, but go for it mode like. We got yeah, to no, win a playoff series. No, we got right. to win a playoff series at some point. Look how long the franchise has been around, and we don't win anything. We got to win something. We got players. Right. I mean, Tortorella had a didn't Tortorella when he took over, and they did win a playoff series against Tampa Bay and all that stuff like that. You got Artemi Panarin, you got Sergei Bobrovsky, you got Matt Duchesne.
0: Like, yep, that was the year know, they went for it. They they kind of it was, up. but at yeah. the
1: same time, it's like you got players. You got to win at some point, like. I don't know that Tortorella has ever been brought into a situation where the goal was, you kind of got to build. Right. You know, like, maybe in Tampa. I don't want to d- downplay that. Like, in Tampa, he took over a team that wasn't very good at the beginning. and But we're wanted, talking about a completely what, different
0: era of hockey at that sure, point. You and didn't even have like a salary that, cap to worry but, about.
1: But with the Rangers, wasn't it go time? And with yep. Vancouver, wasn't it go time? John Tortorella with-
0: always been the go time coach. We even said that when they hired him. John Tortorella is the guy when that you hire when the roster is ready to go make a run cuz he'll kick them in the tail and give them the push sure. they need. Um speaking of guys who don't need a push. Okay. Uh, what would you say the the single biggest problem on the ice is with the Philadelphia Flyers? In terms of like effectively winning games.
1: In terms like like why they don't win games, you mean? Right, yeah. A combination of things that all kind of come under the same umbrella, which would be puck
0: management turnover structure like I, do, do you think one of their biggest issues is scoring goals
1: it is but like okay I'm not saying it's not but okay
0: you, you know who doesn't have that issue I'm just trying to transition here you know who doesn't have that issue Alexander where, where Ovechkin. Ovi yeah. yes
1: so I got to admit the- I got to admit right off the hop then with this one that Tuesday night when 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 it was very quickly apparent that he had to all because what they were playing Chicago so that 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 game started at, what, 8 o'clock, I guess, or 8.30? I believe so, yeah. Okay, so the Flyers are playing in Colorado, so their game was at 9, and I didn't realize, like, I think he scored two in the first period, didn't he?
0: Uh,
1: Yes. Okay, so when I realized that and the Flyers are getting ready to get going. He scored his
0: first 24 seconds in.
1: So when that happened, well, I, I probably missed the first one then, Fair. and then I no, like in general like oh okay he's already got one, and then I saw he had two, and I'm like I might want to put this. So I was definitely split-screening it that night.
0: I will give uh, the feed the credit. Um, I was watching that game also the whole game. They had his goal count in the bottom of the screen. They
1: they, they treated it like the event that it should have been. Don't absolutely no doubt about it. And
0: I of, am of course so ironically. Glad. I'm so glad Ovi's going to break Gretzky's record on ESPN and he's not going to do it on f- the golf channel.
1: Uh, I agree oh, with I'm you. I'm so glad. I agree with you there. I do still think that there's elements of ESPN that could be better at what they're trying to do. Sure. But... So <sighs> I didn't realize this. All right. I'm going to save us the Monday news drop right now. Because you going to
0: score in Detroit tomorrow.
1: What do you mean in Detroit? It's at home.
0: Oh, it's at home. Oh man.
1: Against Detroit.
0: Yeah. that so that's... so
1: he's scoring two, right?
0: Well, but he didn't score against Dallas. He didn't score against Toronto. No, 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 no I know no. they're Come... tougher teams than Detroit. No, no, no.
1: Come on. He's scoring two because pass Gordy. It, it's high and pass Gordy against, against Detroit, Detroit Red Wings. Come on. Yeah. It's, it's just it's kind of one. like that's like a written in the stars moment right there.
0: It almost looks like he did it on purpose. If he does it. It's gonna look like he did not it on purpose.
1: To have what? To have not scored against uh, a you know, Dallas and, Dallas, and Toronto,
0: yeah. Yeah. So if we come back in two weeks and talk about a new uh, second, you know, oh, second if, place on the all-time if, goals list,
1: you you think we're coming back in three weeks and there he won't have two goals by then? Yeah, you're like, right. He'll be at eight
0: fifteen by then.
1: I mean, um, if it, listen, I'll t- I'm gonna tell you right now. If if we come back in th- in three weeks and he does not have those two goals, then I'm going to be one excited person because then there's a game in Philly coming up.
0: Oh, man. If that's the case.
1: <laughs> I highly doubt it. But
0: You're right. He's probably going to get there. By the time our next show runs around, he's probably going to be second on the all-time goals list.
1: I mean, Ugh. if he doesn't do it against Detroit, when got, they've got a couple games against Ottawa coming up, Montreal, Buffalo, like he's going to get this before the new year probably okay. I see it happening absolutely oh. by the way isn't one of the te- oh by the way if he doesn't do it against Detroit Winnipeg is Friday and Winnipeg is the uh franchise the he scored the most he against. scored the most yeah. goals <laughs> against so so I think that maybe he'll have two by then
0: Don't I have I think? a feeling he's gonna get it done all right let's um, just uh you right. know Yep, yeah, we did our bottom feeders update a little earlier in the show kind, you know we talked about did. talks about the ducks moving up and Chicago being an absolute embarrassment uh Shane Wright update
1: Oh, Shane Wright is, yeah, Shane Wright is going to captain Team Canada.
0: Not Shane Wright. I I do this every time. Oh, I thought that was... Connor Bedard update. Oh, but that
1: was, by the way, that was was a news drop, by the way. Shane Wright is the captain of Team Canada World Juniors, which is something else that we'll be able to talk about on the next show, by the way, because... That's interesting. The World Juniors is going to take place right over the course of that break, and for Flyers fans, um, certainly going off of your point, it is a good time to do the Connor Bedard update, because he is on that team, by
0: the way. Yep. So he will be... Uh,
1: Front and center, I'm sure.
0: He, I believe, his uh, current you know stretch with the Regina path is done. He has left to go join Team Canada. He currently has 27 goals, 37 assists in 28 games. He's got 64 points. He's on pace for 60 goals and 142 points in 62 games.
1: Um, and again, I don't th-
0: think that has the World Junior cut out of it. No,
1: I don't. I don't think so either. By the way, for what it's worth, also. Uh, just you know, in in light of World Juniors, since Bedard is going to be front and center on Team Canada because he's because he's not drafted yet, because like this is this is the showcase for the draft picks. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, not to be upstaged, you know, in terms of who else is available, but Adam Fantilli is also on Team Canada.
0: Oh yeah, that'll be interesting to watch. So for sure. quite
1: possibly, your one two in the draft this upcoming year are playing for Team Canada in World Juniors. Might want to watch both of them.
0: That's going to be very exciting. And I'm, and, and,
1: and, and I'm positive, positive that Mishkov is playing for uh, Russia. Well. Oh,
0: for sure. If he's not, I don't understand. But
1: Oh, so now the top three. Might be there, and I know. I know. By the way, if you're watching Team USA's games, Cutter Gauthier made USA's team as well. So, nice. Another reason to watch for them too.
0: All right. So, speaking of international competition, Argentina and France are tied two two in the 87th minute. Two so two. I'm, I'm gonna go. Two two. Two two in the 87th I, minute. I
1: saw people freaking out about Argentina uh-huh.
0: minutes ago, but I didn't really. Two two. What kind of what kind of game is this? Messi scored too. Well, of course he did. That oh my god. Okay. I'm Is gonna get out of here hard and hard go hard. watch the end of this World Cup final. Is that supposed um, to be
1: free money today? Because
0: I think that lot, oh, yeah. I think
1: there was a crop on that somewhere.
0: All right, we will be back in three weeks. We'll be back on January eighth, unless uh, something happens. At potential for a, an emergency show in there. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, um, all of the above. Follow us everywhere. Follow us on Twitter: <laughs> YWT Podcast. Kevin at Kevin underscore Durso. Facebook, Instagram, Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SportsTalk You can find us everywhere. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, until then, like I said, Kevin, holiday wishes.
1: Yeah, same as what you just said. And oh, by the way, see so you want to run off and go see the end of the World Cup? By the way, for your neck of the woods, there's a certain football team that's in town
0: today too. In a cup, in about an hour. I don't expect that to be a competitive football game. No, I don't either. But no. I will be. But I will be watching it at work. Of course you will. So there you go. All right. All right. Daddy. Next time we see ya. Yeah, let's get out of here. Be, Happy holidays, everybody. Next time we see ya, it'll be 2023. See ya.